Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, everyone. We are back. Yes, we are. Um, pretty busy. We've got um, Premier League, other leagues, Champions League, Europa League, um, the women's international break. So we've got a pretty long list of things to talk about. And we are, as always, going to move through it as fast as we hope. And hopefully we won't go on too many tangents. Hopefully. Hopefully. Um, we'll see. So let's start with the Premier League um, from this past week. Um, it was just weekend games, so we have a little bit less to talk about here. Um, do you want to start running through just the games that took place? And we'll talk about, obviously, sure. the two couple main ones that we want to in more depth. Yeah, so nothing, like, super off the wall. Uh, nothing, like, super. There were some interesting results, but I don't feel like there was anything, like, really off the wall. Except for the fact that Chelsea lost to Southampton, which maybe isn't off the wall for this season. But, like, if you stared at the table and that result, you might be kind of confused. At the same time, Chelsea is... In, like, 10th place. You know, 10th place, so... Anyway. Um, Anyway. The game um, that... Well, so Brentford tied Crystal Palace. Yeah, Brentford tied Crystal Palace. Bournemouth beat Wolves. Fulham beat Brighton. Um, Which Everton actually, that is Leeds. significant because Fulham jumps Brighton in the table with that yes. win. Um, That's sig- it's significant in terms of the table. It's not, like, shocking in terms of, like, the two teams going they up were literally, they were It was literally Brighton yeah. and then Fulham, and now it's Fulham and then Brighton. It, um, yeah. it was surprisingly – I, like, watched some of this game because I thought of, like, the 10 o'clock games that were on. This would might have been, like, the – best but it was kind of like you could kind of tell they were the two very even teams so it was almost like mm-hmm. a stalemate kind of um, yeah comparably but good on Fulham I mean I I would be really happy if Fulham pulled out a Europa League spot so I would too you know see. Um, um but yeah Everton beat Leeds um Leeds's uh losing streak continues they did finally hire a new manager though yeah um Leeds, why can I not like remember his name right off the top of my head? I don't remember it either. Oh, Javi. Ha, uh, blah, 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 blah. Where did he go? Javi Garcia. I don't know um, where he came from. Is his name. Yeah. I also do not know where he came from, but while we're on it, I'm very close to. <laughs> I like have it up. So I will also say um, this... yeah. So it's another, it's another Spanish manager. I, you might be able to yeah. tell. Um, but he he was in. It looks like he's he's previously been at a number of teams in Spain, uh, Osasuna, Malaga. He has been in England before. He coached at Watford. Okay, um, cool. Also Valencia, and he is coming from Al Saad okay. uh, in Qatar. Yeah, I mean, I don't think one game can really. But just, I don't know. He actually might have taken charge after that game. So I'm yeah, not even I sure. I don't that know either. That's a good game. point. Um, I will say anyway, that point being, game, they have a new actual manager. Yeah, that game. Okay, so I know we've mentioned this before. The relegation battle is tight as all hell. Yeah. Um, 
that does drop Leeds into 19th. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like, that's two points out of being safe. So whatever it is, Everton ties a string of better performances together. They are now in 16th, so I feel like they probably feel like a little bit better about themselves right now. But again, yeah, things are pretty close. Um, They are only two points behind Wolves. Anyway, point being made, it's going to be a pretty tight uh, relegation battle. And I do feel like if you're looking at some of these teams, Leeds feels like they're on the downswing and like Everton feels like they might be on the upswing. So, and like yeah. Nottingham Forest as well. And they are significantly more points now. Yeah. So. I, that being said though, like a couple of the teams that are on the upswing, Everton in particular, um, it it seem it could be attributed to that new manager bump, which oh, while Leeds have fired their manager, if their new manager is just coming in now, we could see a, a new manager bump from them as well. Um, oh yeah, this is no so way to keep an to, eye like, on. Count anyone out here, though. Maybe yeah. you count Southampton out, though they did beat Chelsea this weekend. So who knows? Um, who knows? <laughs> there, it's it's just to say that. I think that people will be paying as much attention to the bottom of the table as they do the top of the table come the end of the season. So yes. it should be, it should be interesting. Yes. yes, um, yes. What was the- um, <laughs> Liverpool beat Newcastle to nothing. Uh, it is however worth noting. <laughs> they scored both of their goals in the first 20 minutes and then Newcastle yeah. had their goalkeeper sent off in the 22nd minute. Yeah. Um, it actually is funny. I so- watched some of this game and like, considering like Liverpool scored their two goals Newcastle went down a player and it never really felt like Newcastle was out of like Liverpool it didn't feel like Liverpool took advantage of having an extra player like Newcastle had a decent amount of chances in the second half like they Mm -hmm. like they didn't like fold like you would think that this could have been like maybe like three or four nil but they really held their own yeah um that does drop them into I mean, fifth place so they're out of the champions league but they have a game in hand over tottenham so i don't think that newcastle yeah fans are, um, and they're one point behind tottenham so again i don't think that's like a oh no type thing i think newcastle will be yeah fine in that place united um, um... United kept on their winning streak. Uh, they beat Leicester three nothing, um, and Tottenham beat West Ham two zero. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the City game. I'll talk about the City game before you want to talk about Arsenal because I honestly don't have that much to say about the City game. City drew Nottingham Forest, which on paper is a pretty bad result. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. <laughs> it was kind of. I felt almost nostalgic in a way watching City on Sunday <laughs> because it very much felt City have a couple of these types of games every year um, where they literally just, they control the whole game. They have the yeah. ball the entire time. They're in the offensive third the entire time and they cannot put the ball in the goal. And then they get one scored on them on a counterattack and they tie. Yeah. Literally yeah. like it's, it's textbook. It is textbook. And it's, it's really funny, actually, because all of the City fans at halftime, if you listen to commentary at halftime, they were like, oh, City's going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. All the City fans on Twitter was like, we're bottling this. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. I know. Like, we all, you could just, I could feel it the whole game. Yeah. It just, just was one of those 
Yeah, it just like, felt like it that. just is one just to have actually, despite the the fact of the result, I am actually very happy with how City played. Um I they looked a little bit more like the city of last year than they have in a little bit of time. And I'm not certainly not going to be complaining about that. Um, Holland has, while he scored a handful of goals has definitely still not found his form um, from before the world cup. And we'll talk about him a little bit later when we talk yeah. about the champions league, because yeah. there's a, been some interesting commentary on him by um, particularly Thierry Henry, but yeah, um, yeah, so which is sort of generally interesting commentary on him that we want to talk about a little bit later. But he definitely hasn't found his form yet. After, um, but we did get to see Phil Foden come in and played off the right, mm-hmm. um, which was strange, just because he plays off the left. <laughs> but um, he looked okay there. That he had moments where he he definitely played. He looked a lot. He looked a lot more like himself than we've seen since before the world cup so he does seem to be on the right trajectory in terms of that which i as a phil phone lover phil phone's number one defense attorney um she's just in love and very very happy i just i he's my boy you know so i'm very happy to see he's you know everyone takes their stumbles he's had one but it does look like he's on the upward trend again speaking of upward trends jack Raylish, man oh yeah rocking he is cooking right now um yeah he he, he cannot talk about someone who's found their groove it took a while really really definitely took him a while but definitely took him a while but he seems to have really found his groove um i think he's playing really really well he played really well on sunday he played really well on wednesday as well we'll get to that um he's looked like city's best player um kind of in the last several games um i will say de bruyne also looked better still not quite back to full de bruyne but he did look better sunday than he's been in a while and that's just a one player in particular that i noted we were really struggling without um yeah i would agree and so and he did and he did look better so despite the fact that the result is certainly nothing to be pleased about um there's a lot from the game that I take as positives that I am there's it's hard to complain about the way City played. Um yeah. obviously it sucks to give up a late goal, but you know, full credit to Nottingham Forest. They put on a good counterattack. But <laughs> one um, shot on goal, one goal. Like. Literally, yeah. Like it is what it is. It happens. We don't yeah. have the toughest defense in the world. Um Diaz has been really nice to have back. He has been playing quite well, but um, you know, there's some questions to be asked of of City's defense, that's for sure. Yeah. But um generally speaking, I took more positives than negatives um from the game. It felt a lot more like just one of those things that happens rather than my frustration is with City. Yeah. Um yeah. if that, that makes sense. sense. No, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. So that's all I really have to say about um okay. the City Forest game. Talk I will say uh, yeah, this game is played after the Arsenal game. So I was like, oh yeah. Um because sorry, we are very much rivals currently. Um the Arsenal game, you, you know, 7 30 a.m. wake up. I wasn't sure what I expected because obviously we had lost to City like 72 hours before. And uh 
have been on a spell of not looking as good as we have. Um, and this sort of felt like a must win. Like, I think if we hadn't won this game, things would be very different. Whether or not City, whether or not the City result was the same or not, I think, like, if we did, it would have felt like we were not on the same trajectory. So when... Um, no, I agree. I feel like um, I feel like going into the game, it definitely felt like Arsenal needed to win to prove that the City game was a one-off, not yeah, the start of exactly. a trend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really help that when Ollie Watkins scores in the fifth minute for Aston Villa. <laughs> and everyone's just like, really? Ollie like, Watkins. Really? Like, also, there's just some crazy stat that Aston Villa lets in and scores the most goals in the first 15 minutes than any other team or something like that. So that is kind of lucky. Well, um, Bukayo Saka scores, um, follows up Ollie Watkins in the 16th minute um, with a beautiful like volley into the net. So we we jump back quickly. Um they then score again in the 31st minute. So we are down to one at halftime. Um, Arsenal, like, they're definitely not into the groove that they were in. You can kind of tell. Um, I think that they're tired. I think that Arteta said it well. They, in the first half specifically, just they're not doing the, like, easy, simple things well. Mm-hmm. So they're just making it harder on themselves. Um both of the goals, one was a mis like both were kind of counters, but the first one, um, like Saliba makes a bad decision. Probably he should have put pushed Watkins outside more. Um, but and I also I can't really be like, oh no, Partey isn't playing because I know I shit on Jorginho last week, but Jorginho looks quite good in this game. Um, so I just think that I think that I think there was fatigue. I think there was probably yeah. an extra sense of nerves of them probably knowing they had to win this game or they, they really should so that the city mm-hmm. loss wasn't hanging over them. So I think there was, it was also away from home. There was a lot of things going on. I think that we're getting back into it, but halftime it was two one. Um, and then we come back and tie it again. Um, Zinchenko scores in the 61st minute. This is his first premier league goal. I think. For Arsenal, maybe not. Maybe he scored. I, don't I know. was like, well, he's definitely scored for City, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head whether I, there were any. He scored more than that. once. Yeah. He scored more than once in a City shirt, but I can't say with confidence that it was ever in the Premier I'm League. Not sure so I don't. If, it, it, um, if it was. It's not like he well, scored Arsenal all the time. Overall, yeah. But um, whether or not, it was a nice goal as well. It was a nice little planned. Um, he was kind of at the top of the box off a corner kick um, and he slotted it in. Um, ah, the Phil Foden goal. Yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, probably stole it, but whatever. Um, I only, no, it, that's not, it's not a Phil <laughs> Foden trade. It's just Phil Foden scored two goals like that against Dortmund in the Champions League oh, last year. Okay. Um, it's a like good, twice like, in, if you in... can run it like and the person who's gonna kick the ball is good like anyway I would like to yeah, give Arsenal he, basically the, he's yeah um I think it's it's so we fought back twice and it's tied um and then honestly I think this is ironic none of us like Emmy Martinez I mean, I, I don't know. I don't like him. He also played for Arsenal, and then, like, we let him go to Aston Villa so he'd actually start and play. Um, But he was, like, wasting time the entire second half, like, blatantly, like, very funny. 
funnily, which is why there was so much extra stoppage time added. Um, so when Jorginho, of all people, blasts one off the uh, like post, and then it hits Aaron Martinez's head and goes into the goal, I call that karma. I think it's fucking funny. It is funny, but you'll say like nobody like that. I love Emmy Martinez. I, I won't do. lie. I think I'm... his antics are hilarious. I love well, a shit Hauser. I love it. <laughs> I, I But you're right. I that is everyone, kind of, there is there's always a karmic value. There's always a karmic value when the team has been wasting time and then they then lose in that injury yeah. time, like the added I, um, on time. There I is also, always karmic value to that. I 100%. also I think anyone who listens to this podcast knows that we may disagree on the shithousery that players we do, do have it is, we, ha- we have fine, differing opinions and that on is okay and that's beyond the point of this but i also think arsenal fans find it funny because he hasn't always said like the nicest things about arsenal even though like we like he was our backup until lando got hurt and he would like never have like gotten like i don't know i think arsenal fans feel like the club gave him the opportunity like helped him along the way and he hasn't necessarily reciprocated the respect back so I do think that I will say in defense of I don't know I don't know anything about comments that he's said but I will say in defense of Emma Martinez I do think he's a better goalkeeper than Leno but oh I'm um... not making oh sorry I'm not making <laughs> any calls on that sorry that was not at that point um... in time Leno was our starting goalie and Martinez came in when he got hurt and he was good like it was not I'm not trying to make any comments of like five years ago on that I just think that there's a dislike anyway the even funnier thing was then for our fourth goal he had come up for a corner kick so when we we caught him off on the break so um martinelli had like a full-ass open goal to score a fourth goal um literally as like the last kick of the game um anyway all that being said i'm i don't mean to shit on martinez too much i think the ball off the head is karma but to actually talk about the Arsenal um, team, I feel like everyone after the game kind of was like, we didn't look good, but you have to be able to win those types of games in order to win a title. And like, Absolutely. you're not going to be able to roll over teams all the time. You're going to have to be able to dig in, play a messy physical game away from home and pull it off. Um, Sometimes, Yeah. In order to win a title, sometimes you just have to grind out games where you look like crap. Like your game yeah. is crap, but you just grind out a win. And I will. And I didn't watch any of it, but that's kind of what it sounds like Arsenal did. It was we went and like we went down twice. It's not like we scored and we're up two one and they scored. Like we were down twice and we came back and scored. Um, I will say we had multiple missed opportunities. I think Eddie and Katia probably should have done better on two balls and. Odegaard will never live it down the shot he missed um and luckily this game didn't boil down to that he had like a wide open net and kicked wide um like inside the box so there's some things that I feel like is uncharacteristic I do think and we talked about this last time Ninketia has played amazing strikers tend to ebb and flow that is Mm -hmm. just the nature of it Um, and I think that he came in on such a high, he was riding it. And I think he's hit a little bit of a barrier in the past two. Yeah. And I know we were saying that Gabriel Jesus is supposed to come back, I think, sometime in March. And I do think his capacity to play may be the X factor in Arsenal being able to pull out a title win. Um, just like for his like 
clinical ability in front of goal. Not to mm-hmm. say like I also like if he can come in in the 60th minute if we need to like you know like there I do think that's something like that may be the like final hurdle that we need kind of um yeah I I do think it's interesting that you say that there were a bunch of like there's again a lack of Arsenal being clinical because that makes it that does make it two games in a row for that um and we talked about this last week that that was essentially what cost them the game in the in the city game yeah um and so it'll be something to keep an eye on sort of in the next couple of games that we see if that continues to be a trend um, because that's something that can kill teams is oh, the, the, the a lack of being clinical in front of the goal. You can do everything else right if you can't. This is what happened in City's game this yeah. this past weekend. And, you can have seventy five percent of the ball. If you don't get the ball on the goal, doesn't matter. Yeah. So it is something that I think we can keep an eye on. Um, and and with and Arsenal, and see if been we a do see. Like we've talked, about, like Arsenal sure. has been like that, and they have been better at it. Like I think the reason why they're so so much better this season is as that they've actually been able to score goals more so than they have in the past mm-hmm. they've always had a lot of possession but they were never able to like convert and again like we scored four goals we came back like we scored the goals when we really needed them we could have made this game a lot easier on ourselves yeah and like maybe that is just how it is and you know what we won and that is great and like that is what matters yeah but we have a at the end of, of the day I would say like easier games coming up so I would kind of like to see us start like flowing a little bit more in the games yeah. that like, we're expecting and that to tends win. to help and that tends to help with sort of sharpening finishing skills when you have a string of easier games and you yeah. have more of the ball so you create more opportunities you just get your guys in front of the net more often um which can yeah. be helpful so we'll we'll see um with that but but um other than that basically arsenal is back back top of the league do you have anything else to add as far as the premier league goes no i think that we're good um yeah arsenal's what two points ahead of city now we have a game in hand but um yeah two points i believe it's two points in a game in hand um but again like it's just tight but that's i mean yeah in a title race where it's a it's they still have to play each other again. It is still a title race. I, I oh, do absolutely. think, however, that it is a it is it is a three horse race. Yes, I would agree. Point. Yeah, I completely agree. As United well. is certainly it, it. United is certainly in it. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I I would agree. So. Um, it will be fun. It, it's nowhere near close to. Be, I feel like every time Arsenal loses, they're like, oh. Like pundits are like, oh, you see, we told you it's not over, and then they win. They're like, should Arsenal fans seriously be considering they can win the title? I'm like, can we just stop and just? Be yeah, like- I feel like it's the same thing with City. It's like every time City win, it's like they're gonna go on a run, they're gonna catch yeah. Arsenal, and then every time they drop points, it's like it's over. Give it to Arsenal. Like every time, it's like you know, it's like, five like-, po- like I don't think it's really been more than five points really at all ever, right? Like it's been like close. Not for the there was one time. point. There was one point, like, coming right off the break where it was maybe a little bit more than that, but I feel like at that point, they were even on games and, like... Yeah. Anyway, at... Whatever. At at, at this, this point... point it's 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 a title race between three teams and it's, it's gonna be it, a fun it is ending. looking like it is looking like it's going to be a race that is gonna come down to the last couple of days, if not the very last day. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
which which, which I'll wild. be honest, it's been a while since the Premier League title came down to. Well, I guess that's not true. It came down to the last day last year. <laughs> I, I was gonna say because I remember that was when I had like my fake graduation that day. So we were yeah. all like sitting watching on people's phones. It's like the game. I guess happened. maybe I just sort of always felt like City was gonna win it. I don't know, but um, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, um, so I, I, it's always more exciting for everyone else when it doesn't come down to the last game uh, of the year, or when it does come down to the last game. I yeah, think it's a lot more stressful involved with it. For the if you're a fan of we, one of the teams I will just involved. say if it does come down to the two of us, we won't be able to talk to each other. <laughs> the podcast mm-hmm. post mm-hmm. will be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it um, will be probably pretty, pretty funny. Um, I will say I. While that is fun, when it is my own team in the title race, I do think I prefer for it to be settled a game or yes. two before that, just because I like to watch the relegation games. Yeah, on, those on, are yeah on the last day. It is always um, those are those are as entertaining. So, so yeah, while I understand, you know, I I just feel like that the relegation games are nastier than yeah. oh, title yeah. decider games. Um. <laughs> Fighting, and it always feels like life, there's at least, in the relegation. It always seems like there's at least one game where both the teams playing each other are fighting for it. Yeah. So I think they I do that. prefer <laughs> I do prefer if my team is one of those who could win the title on the last day that it be decided yeah. before the last day. Like I I do hope I would like this title to be decided on the second to last day. <laughs> Great. So Arsenal will uh, be a good <laughs> solid four points ahead of City, and we will win. Um, yeah because I would like I would yeah I just would prefer to be watching the relegation battle and not be anxiety like on the last day Um, but you know what if if you know at the end of the day if City win I don't give a shit if it's on the last day but mm -hmm. like I'd prefer not to have that kind of anxiety on the yeah just because I, I like to, the other thing about it too is that, like, because all the games happen on the la- um, at the same time on the last day, I like to have as many screens going as possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot harder to do when I'm very, when City's fighting for a title on the last day yeah. and I want to pay attention to what. Yeah. City It'll be doing. fun. Um, talking about, other leagues the bundesliga is fucking like we're oh, saying, yeah. oh, the, like premier league is tight again it wouldn't be a podcast episode without us the pre- being like go watch the bundesliga but go watch the bundesliga I, are they like three teams in tied? case you <laughs> are unaware in case yeah in case you are unaware the bundesliga table currently is first place Bayern munich 21 games played 43 points second place dortmund 21 games played, 43 points. <laughs> Third place, Union Berlin, 21 games played, 43 points. Yes, you heard that correctly. T- places one, two, and three on the Bundesliga are tied. They're, this one, tied. two, and three right now determined on goal difference. Yeah. So like we said, tune into the, the fucking Bundesliga. Get into it. We're going to just continuously keep saying this until, like, our, like, five listeners will consistently watch the Bundesliga. Bully you into listening yeah. to the, uh, uh, watching the Bundesliga. Pay attention to the Bundesliga. Ah! Watch it. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So tight. It's 
it's a lot of fun. Um, really um, we got to keep an eye on it because um, Dortmund yeah, is flying one, right now and Bayern is not. So I want to make one quick note about Dortmund. However, uh, Adiemi did get hurt this weekend. Yes. Um, he tore a muscle. I don't remember if they said which one. But... I know that they did not say it was too bad. I think they expect him out a couple of weeks, yeah. but I always get a little nervous with muscle injuries, particularly at Dortmund. There have been <laughs> they're not very good at managing many them. cases of there have been many <laughs> cases up. of recurring of ver- of like pretty nasty recurring um, injuries, yeah. particularly muscular injuries. So that's a little bit concerning, particularly Amazing. because I'm not sure if it's a hamstring or a quad, but particularly for a player that relies so much on explosiveness and pace, like a Kareem yeah. So, and, and especially cause he was, I mean, I have been saying good things about him since before he was even at Dorman, but he's really sort of found his stride the last couple of games. He scored a handful of goals and it's been, it's been really good um, for him. Yeah. He scored again. Um, you know, I, we talked about his goal in the Champions League last week, but yeah. he's had a, a good run of form recently. He had had, hadn't scored in a while and he seemed to finally be finding his footing with scoring and now he's hurt. So that sucks. But Hopefully he'll be back soon and it will be a stumble and not a fall. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, hopefully, obviously there's still a lot of games left to play, um, but hopefully that uh, race stays tight. So keep an eye on it, everyone. Yeah. Um, and then also just to note in La Liga, Barcelona is, uh, what, still eight points on top, I think? It's still eight. Um. I do believe that is so. Correct. They that is less of a tight race, but you never know what will happen. Um, yeah, we will. We'll keep an eye on it too. I haven't. I didn't watch them this weekend. Yeah, so still eight know. points. Um, we will talk about. We'll talk about Barca sort of shortly. I did, but I don't remember anything particularly notable about the game. Um, yeah, we'll talk about them. And when we'll we talk, talk about, about Barca sort of. Yeah writ large um in a minute yeah later on um we're gonna move on to the champions league now because we had the second week of first games of the round of 16 if that made any sense to anyone um yes (laughs) Um, I think yes. we'll we'll talk about the games briefly, and then I know you'll probably want to talk about City, and then give like where does everyone stand before the second leg? Um, yeah, second we leg do happen. have a little while before the second legs happen. I believe it's like a few weeks, right? It's a couple of weeks, right? I think so. Yeah, so we won't ha- we won't. Um... This won't the round of sixteen. Oh, it's actually it's actually not that far. Oh, what the first week of March, maybe second week of March. It's just it's yeah, it's the first week of March or the first full week of March. March starts on a Wednesday, so it's following. Um, so so were there any? I can pull these up, but what I um, have in front of me. I um. So Napoli, Napoli beat Frankfurt, um, which is not particularly of not note. Surprising. Napoli is playing really well. Frankfurt mm-hmm. has fallen off a little bit. Inter Milan beat Porto. Um, this was a fairly late goal, I believe, but in the game, yeah, 86th minute. But I don't know a ton about, I believe that game was pretty close. Lukaku um, came on as so- a sub and kind of like 
That's what it His sounds like. His goal was and just then, like a classic Lukaku goal type thing. Somebody did get sent off for Porto, I believe. Or, yeah, for Porto, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure exactly when for that. But anyway, worth noting there, um, that's still a really close tie. Um, Inter winning one nothing in Milan. They'll go back. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be... Porto. I would say, I would say that you would so probably definitely assume not. Napoli having won in Frankfurt is probably a pretty solid favorite for that game. Yeah. I think that the Inter-Porto matchup is a little bit more... 50 50 depending um on like you know yeah everything but for uh, sure for sure I think so. I um, that's what i think however those are the two games that i did not watch yeah, i didn't watch you. those either so those yeah. are the two games that we didn't watch so just some results for you there but what i did watch on tuesday was liverpool real madrid yeah i did too and let's talk for a moment about liverpool real madrid so i turned on the game what was well it wasn't even that late it was like 12 minutes or something like I turned Liverpool, on the so game I want, no, like, Liverpool goes up one up two zero from a goal in the fourth minute and the 14th minute so I think I turned it on like 15 minutes in mm-hmm. like I was like I was barely even late to being like yeah. turning on the game and I was like it's two nothing already uh-huh but it did not stop there Oh no! Oh no! No! It really? Oh no! It did not. So then, Vinicius Junior said, "Hold my beer." He yeah, said, "Hold he my really beer." Did his first goal was beautiful. To be fair, both goalies for both teams did some whoopsies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like um, big, big, big whoopsies. Um, the we had a we had a little whoopsie moment. Okay, the funny thing though is that you, you would like the Courtois one is bad, but then the Allison one, Vinicius Jr. isn't even looking at the ball. He's turning his back because he doesn't want to get hit. And Allison literally kicks the ball into He's his like, back shit, I don't want to get hit by the, the rebound. Goal. And then it gets yeah, him. Like, whoopsies is correct. Whoopsies. <laughs> that was whoopsies. What else do we say? Um, <laughs> like, uh, so, so it goes into halftime at 2 2, and I was fully expecting similar sort of. You know, honestly, like some little, a little bit of brilliance here and there from various players on each team. But the first half, in mo, in my opinion, read a lot more like just frantic. We're all just doing things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I was kind of hoping the second half was going to be like that, and then the second half was not written on that couch. Um, no, the second half wasn't. said, you know what? The second half, Madrid said, you know what? You know who the fuck we are? We're Real Madrid. That's who the fuck we are. Um, and they scored three unanswered goals uh, in the second half, too. And I will say, like, Liverpool didn't stand a chance. Like, they didn't have – they no. Like, they – After halftime, it was done. They were done for. And it's so – um, I it, it was just, like, they had no – when Real Madrid went down, it was so interesting because you almost – felt like they were going to maybe not a 2-5 win but I don't think anyone was like Real Madrid isn't coming back like I think that the game was I did a little bit only because Madrid have been so wacky inconsistent recently turn up for the Champions League the Champions League that's true that's true they can be they do bed in the league and then they just come to like the Champions League and are like we're the best team that is just like if there MO. is any if there is any team that like 
just is the Champions League is their competition. It's Real Madrid. It's Real Madrid. They just it is them. They are that. They are. They have that Champions League dog. On their them. third goal, when Modric just took the ball, he looked like he was twenty again. He was just like zooms right past all of the yeah. defense. Yeah, and, and I mean, bad we've talked. They shouldn't have been doing that. We've but, talked like, plenty about how messy Liverpool is, both offensively and defensively. Um, but it does seem like some of their people have found, or at least their offensive players. Salah scored yeah. a couple goals recently. Nunez is finally getting on the score sheet. Gakpo's got on the score sheet a couple times. Um, it doesn't feel so like that is their problem. Like they are learning how to. They're remembering. They know how to score goals. Yeah, they're not. They don't seem to yet have remembered how to keep them out, but we'll we'll keep you updated on that. I will say this was a this game was at Anfield, so I do despite the fact that goal that away goals to my you know to our you know distress Just are plus. no longer a thing. Yeah, um, I do expect Real Madrid will will a, a three goal deficit is pretty tough going into a second leg in general, but especially when you're going into a second leg and that second leg is away. That is that it is all, it tough. almost feels so, just a bit too much. Um, yeah, I I just don't know that. I don't think Liverpool can win for nothing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just don't think they have it in them right now. Yeah. Um. Um. So I I, I would pretty strongly favorite Madrid for that for that I would tie. As well. But I crazy, that... genuinely, genuinely crazier things have happened. In the yeah. Premier League or um in the Champions League, so you never know. Never say never. Never but say I, never. <laughs> I would put my money on Real Madrid coming out of that tie. I would too. Um, I would too. Um, and then the last the game other was game the was City game versus Leipzig. yeah. So City um, City I'm were sure away at Leipzig. They tied one one. In many ways, this felt like a really similar game to the weekend, um, okay. except better against a better opponent. Um, it also City, felt like to me it was a tale of two halves almost. That 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 is also true. But City did definitely control a lot more of the ball. They mm. were playing a much more possession sort that of. Was, this was at Leipzig, right? Yes, they were okay. at Leipzig. Okay. Um, I definitely feel like the first half, City absolutely dominated, completely yeah. dominated. Oh, absolutely! I thought Jack Raylish throughout the whole game. I thought Jack Jack Raylish played phenomenally again. Um, Leipzig definitely just turned it on at halftime, and Leipzig's a good team. Like yes, yeah, and Leipzig has a great crowd and a great team. Germany is Germany in general is like not a great place to go play away. No, at. it's exactly what you so, don't want to go play. So like, it was I think really important for City to get City also have do not have the best road record this year. Yeah. Um, sort of generally okay. speaking. Yeah. Um, their record is much better at home than away currently. So I do think it's important to have gotten a goal at Leipzig and to have come away on even ground. Um, so I do think that's definitely good. Obviously, it would have been better to pick up a win, but for it to just be a tie is to be on even ground going into the second leg. I don't feel particularly not good about it. Um, City did not have De Bruyne. He was not in the squad apparently ill yeah illness. they missed him too to be yeah there seemed to be an illness going around at city it seems like every game there's one or two guy, guys guys yeah. missing. um which i think impacted... yeah they definitely missed they definitely missed him um 
and I think plays into if you like the the Holland discussion that yeah it definitely plays into some of the Holland discussion I think one of the points being made was this ball may have been played to Holland if this was Kevin De Bruyne and so I think that is a very I, I I found that we can get into more depth about this analysis, but I thought that was a very good point being made. Certainly. By it definitely Thierry is. And, um, yes. Other, um, I think there's, I do not think it can be understated how important De Bruyne is in feeding the ball to Holland in the current structure of the team. Yeah. Um, because De Bruyne is capable of threading the needle like that um, and just picking out a pass that nobody else sees in a way that quite literally nobody else is capable of. Yeah. One of the biggest frustrations I actually had with this game was that much like I felt like this had not been the case very much this year, but Pep waited ages to make any substitutions. Did he not make like, any though? He didn't make no, any. No, I think he did in the end, but it was really oh. late. I thought he didn't make any at all. I think he did in the end because I'm pretty sure somebody came out i could be wrong i thought i'm checking now it was really late i thought no it doesn't look like anyone came out he made zero subs at all not at all made zero okay so then maybe that might have been that might have been sunday i was thinking of because he waited he did make a couple of subs on sunday but waited really really late yeah none which is surprising to me because like yeah. Phil Foden was on the bench. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the point that and, like, I Julian wanted to Alvarez make in the sense the that, yeah, so that there was some like clearly we were having trouble getting the ball. I thought Graylish played great again. I thought he was probably yeah. the best player again. Diaz also played great. He made a couple really really instrumental defensive stops that stopped Leipzig from scoring more than one goal in that second yeah. half. Um, but. One thing that hurts is the way that City is the way that Bernardo Silva is being forced to play right now, where he's <laughs> playing much more defensively. He's kind of floating in and out of the defense. It's so um, odd, yeah. Which you can understand why that's happening. We don't have a ton of defenders right now. He's capable of doing that. But I do think we miss him in the offensive third and how dynamic he is between the lines. Um, so I think we missed that a little bit. I actually thought Kyle Walker played really well um, in that game in that he did a really good job getting up the wing um, onto the corner. But um, yeah, Mara, especially because Mara's was pinching really narrow um, inside. But yeah, I just think they, they had a hard time getting service to Holland. And I think because the pin pocket service guys are – De Bruyne obviously but it's also Foden and Bernardo Silva and those guys none you know Foden didn't play De Bruyne wasn't in the squad Bernardo Silva wasn't really in a position on the field where he could thread those balls Gundo has does that but on a much short like smaller scale in the sense that he'll pick out passes but they're 15 yard passes they're not 30 yard passes right so Gundo does that on a much smaller scale and Graylish breaks lines and he gets assists but he gets assists in having break in the line and then passing it off to someone else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't whip balls into the box the way that, you know, Foden does from the wing um, or pick out passes the way De Bruyne does from the middle. It's just nobody quite 
does what Holland needs him them to do sort of without a couple of those guys, um, which I think you could definitely see the effect of yesterday. But all in all, like I'm not super concerned about City going into the second leg, but into the Holland um, sort yeah, of discussion. Yeah, into a deeper discussion on it. Because I found this very Thierry interesting. Henry, Thierry Henry has been talking relatively a lot recently about how a lot of the discussion about Holland, it's hard to criticize Holland when he has 32 goals on the season so far. Yes. Right. Yes. It's difficult to be like, oh, well, he's not working. Like it's it's hard to say that when he's scored as many goals as he has. Yeah. However, um, I do think Terry Henry made a point, I believe it was sometime last week during coverage, where he was talking about how essentially um Instead of waiting for the balls to come to him, Holland could do more Yeah, to adapt how he plays to how the guys around him play. Yeah. And I don't disagree with him, but I also think he has done some of that. Yeah. Um, and I also think it's worth noting he is still in his first season under Pep at City. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with the larger point Thierry Henry is making in the sense that I do think Holland could do more to adapt to the system that he's in. He's also a 22-year-old player under a new season in the two. Like, the situation, oh, I think, yeah. I think I am perfectly happy to give him a grace period, and he is still within my grace period to figure that out. Um so I don't think that Thierry Henry is wrong. I don't disagree with him, but I, I'm perhaps not as critical of him in that lens in the sense that I think there is still, he he seems to me also that he has already shifted a little bit in how he played at Dortmund to how he plays at City. And it's been a very subtle, slight shift. Yeah. But I think it indicates, nothing about Holland has indicated to me that he is unwilling to shift yeah, and I don't think it's like unwilling and I think TRV does a obviously everyone respects him because he was such a good footballer and he's a very good like tactician I think he as does a, well I think he um, does a great job I I even when I don't agree with his analysis yeah um, I mean I, I he has basis I always for his analysis yeah, you know he's a very good pundit. I think too I, I don't think he he wasn't he also wasn't like None of them were like, oh, Holland isn't good. Oh, no, he's not right? bashing Holland. And when no. Jamie Kruger <laughs> like... asked him, like, oh, because it came up of, like, do you just, in the video I sent you, it was, they, I don't know if, I don't know if it was in the video, or I was just listening to other stuff, but he was like, do you just, like, if you get farther into the Champions League and it's not working, do you just, like, revert back to last year and just, like, not start Holland and like just be like and you play did with your well with your whatever like whatever like he was just asking like actually like like do you just like revert back and to, to be honest to win and Tyrion was like you don't do that yet like he's like I'm not gonna tell anyone to do that yet and he was like you like you you probably don't but I think it was a very interesting conversation to be had on that just because I think I feel like there was no answer they were just like what if, sure like, they were just like throwing I, 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 I don't know I, I think their analysis was really good I like enjoyed it I I think it. it was I think the CBS team the Champions League crew does a really really good job of analysis sort of across the board the, yeah. the Thierry Henry Kate um Abdo uh Jamie Carragher and Micah Richards I mm -hmm. think are are a great group I think I always really I'm always interested to see what they have to say I don't 
I don't always agree with everything that they say, but I do like to hear what they have to say because I think a lot of times it's really interesting. But I yeah. think just removing my like personal bias of like obviously I'm very pro city and want them to win. Yeah. Um, I do think city in general this year is a really interesting tactical case study. Um, just in the sense that like from a purely academic standpoint, like academic? yeah, no, no, is, I know what you mean. No, but like Pep is clearly fiddling with stuff. He's yeah, played absolutely. a bunch of different formations this year. He's clearly trying, like, just like we're sitting here trying to work it out and they're on CBS trying to work out what the best thing is. I think it's clear that Pep is also trying to work out what the best way to use everybody is, right? And I think to, to Jamie Carragher's point um, and sort of agreeing with Thierry to an extent, they don't need to do that right now. But I think the reality is they can. Yeah. If they need to, Phil Foden can come in and play at the false nine. And if it doesn't work for 60 minutes, Holland can and Holland. has previously come in in the 60th minute and scored a hat trick. Yeah. Like, so like, I, I a think that, plan. <laughs> I think it's certainly not impossible that we should see that, especially if City, you know, goes on in the Champions League and they're, in a title race and deep in the champions league and we're and everybody's trying to manage game time you know pep's trying to manage minutes for different players across multiple competitions that are really tight you know i i wouldn't be shocked to see it happen but at the same time we also have julian um alvarez alvarez in there as well i don't know why i just blanked on his name for a moment you're good um he and he is a much more Pep style nine historically yeah. than Holland mm-hmm. is in the sense that he drops in and plays really differently. I actually, it's been a while since Pep has played Holland and Alvarez alongside each other. And I've actually really liked that. That has when worked actually. Yeah. I've really liked that when I've seen that this season. So I would hope that he, I think Pep's sort of focus right now is trying to deal with the left back situation. Yeah. Um, but I'm honestly like, until we have to change it up, I we should just play Ake at left back. Play st- yeah. uh, play if when Stones is healthy again, play Diaz and Akanji or Diaz and Stones in the middle and be done with it. Like, let we don't need to fiddle with the back line. I want to fig- I want to fiddle with the attacking players. But I think that's where Pep is focusing. Pep is focusing on the left back situation. But I would yeah. like to see again. You know, I'd like to see Holland and, and Alvarez play alongside each other again because I thought it has worked the couple of times they've done it this year. Yeah. Um, so it is is definitely something I I think we will see it again, but it is definitely something I would I would like to see. Yeah, a little bit more often. Yeah. Um. Any any last Champions League uh words thoughts? Nope. Okay. Um. We're gonna. Talk about one game in the Europa League that happened today, um, which was Barcelona versus Man United. Um, they came into this, um, they were tied 2-2. So they came into this, mm-hmm. this game was played at Old Trafford. Um, really to preface this, Barcelona was without Pedri, who hurt his hamstring, and Gavi, who had gotten a yellow card in the last game and wasn't able to play this game. If they had been playing- And those are the two most- notable absences but Dembele is also worth noting yes, was also yes, unavailable yes, for the yes. game so that's but I think Pedri and Gavi are I think really like that was where this game was won and lost um was I from, agree from I those think, areas I think this I genuinely believe having watched the 90 minutes that I watched 
watch, I believe, uh, Man United won 2-1 yeah. for, the, for the listener who didn't watch or and is unaware. But I genuinely do think, like, had Pedri and Gavi played, that Barca would have won. Yeah, I think so, too. They just, they would have, I, and, like, and I feel like we've talked about Busquets. He just doesn't have the pace anymore. Um, and so he relies yeah. on Frankie de Jong to be his pace in certain situations, but he got caught out a couple of times. And again, his game has changed. It's fine. Like he is, he's what, like 35, 35, maybe like he's not the same player. It's like, you can't really blame him for that. But I think that Pedri or Gabby wouldn't have been able to keep up with some players. um, And it would have been. I also just think like in terms of offensive creativity. Yeah. Like the players that they have, they have guys. They have guys in there who can finish. Obviously, Lewandowski. You've got Rafinha was in there. Ferran Torres came off the bench. You've got Fa- Zufati came off the bench. Yeah, fast guy, like pacey guys who can finish. But you didn't have a lot of creativity in there. Um, and I do think to your point about Busquets, Frankie De Jong had to play deeper, sort of by himself because he yeah. was the only. Usually, Gavi and or Pedri also sort of run the full length yeah. of the field, you know, back and forth all game. But Frankie Dion was kind of the only one who could do that. Um, this game, which definitely I think impacted the overall, his ability to be creative in the middle of the field, yeah. which yeah. ultimately I think was the deciding factor. Um Barca definitely had the better play in the first half an hour or the first half and I think Manu probably had the slightest edge maybe in the second. Yeah. Half, I mean, but Barca had pretty... chances in the second half too. They just, they, they didn't have particularly late. Um, yeah. They had a couple of chances that really. Yeah. Veron almost certainly saved a goal. Um, oh, absolutely. In injury time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it definitely was one of those. I do think, you know, Man United was helped by being at home. I felt like. Man, you got a little bit of a couple of favors from the referee, particularly late in the second half. Mm-hmm. Mostly in added time, I felt like there were so many stoppages in the second yeah. half, and yeah. they only got five minutes of extra time. I thought it was going to be more like seven or more. Um, but you know, that might just be my perception of time. I was at the gym while I was watching the second half, so it's <laughs> possible that was just my perception of time. But I did feel like. Barca got a little shortchanged in terms of that. Yeah. Um, I also felt like there were a couple of. I'm still a little bit confused about how about how Lewandowski got a yellow card when he got fouled into Casemiro. Oh yeah, I got confused by that too. <laughs> I'm really still not like I get that he stomped on his foot, but, but he, he got stomped on his foot because he was him. tripping. Because he was getting shoved. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't really understand how Lewandowski ended up with a yellow card in that yeah, situation. I, yeah. yeah. Um, and there were a couple of those where I was just, and I felt like the referee definitely was calling the game really tight. Yes. Um, because the penalty, which was Barca's goal, we kind of both agree that it was a penalty. Like- Look, here's the thing. Bruno Fernandez definitely grabs him. He definitely yes. grabs oh, him. He definitely absolutely. has, there is, he definitely has a hold of him and he pulls him. There's, yeah. there's no question of that. Yes. We are not questioning that. 
it's soft, but it's one of those that is a referee's discretion. I don't think it has anything to do with VAR, um, which is when if there's going to be a controversial call um, or a soft penalty, I'd rather it be like this in the sense that the referee called it on the field. There is no clear and obvious error, right? Like, yeah, there's exactly. contact. He pulled him down. Is it soft? Yeah, but or is it sort of a, a harsh penalty? Maybe. But there's contact and he pulls it down. There's no clear and obvious error. It was never going to get overturned on VAR. It's one of those, though, where I do think had he not called it on the field, it doesn't get called on VAR. I think. Yeah. And like, I'm fine with that too. And obviously, we have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Because I feel like you have to give the referee on the field, like, they have to be superior to VAR. You know what I mean? Well, it just has to to be. To some extent. Like the point is the the point of VAR is supposed to be to correct human error in the sense that yeah. the the center referee is one man and sometimes he cannot see things that happen right. exactly. out of his line of sight or there's yeah. things that are blocking his view or you know something happens really fast and it's unclear what happens on the field sometimes they get it wrong and sometimes it's really clear in if you watch it back once that the referee missed something or was mistaken. Yeah, and but it has that's to be clear what bar is su- and that's what clear bar is obvious. supposed to be for. Yeah. It is not how it is used most of the time, particularly in the Premier League. But that is how it is supposed to be used. And I felt like that is how it was used in this penalty, in the sense yeah. that once it was called on the field, it shouldn't have been overturned. Whether it's soft or not doesn't ultimately matter, especially because Manu ended up winning the game. Um, yeah. but I was also, complaining I feel like most to Rachel. people probably agreed on that as well. Yeah, like, I think most people agreed. Like, there it definitely a little soft, maybe, but definitely not enough to overturn. Yeah. Um, I was complaining to Rachel after <laughs> so the game. Much. Um, because on on a couple of things, I'm going to talk about the funnier ones before I talk about the one that just irks me. Um. One being, I would like to speak to Garnacho's mother. <laughs> because why would she let her son do that to his hair? <laughs> I'm just going to let, because he's what, 18, 19? <laughs> where is, if it's not his mom, where is his girlfriend? <laughs> and frankly, he is young enough that it should be his mother. Like, who <laughs> let him, who, frankly, Frankly, put Jeez. it on put it on the teammates. Yeah, you need really. to be mentoring this kid better. Yeah. <laughs> you want to bleach your head? That's fine. Get some toner in it, my boy. You got to get some toner. Purple shampoo. Let's I crowdfund to get Garnacho some purple shampoo because that is yellow. It was and yellow. it is not cute. No. <laughs> so, oh. thing. Secondly, um I get so, er even more than the fact that, you know, United is obviously a direct rival of City, so I never want them to do well. My two, two of my three sisters are, are very, you know, are United supporters. So therefore I like when they do bad because then I can make fun of my sisters. Um, You know, outside of that, if you exclude Marcus Rashford, they are the most insufferable group of humans. Yes, like they're, they're so just freaking annoying. <laughs> they're just annoying. Like 
obviously this excludes Marcus Rashford, who is the most yes. pure human and being we always on the planet. Are like, we love we Rashford have nothing, so much. For like, I have nothing bad to say about Marcus nope, Rashford. Nothing at all. I forgive the fact that he plays for Man United. There's nothing you can say bad about that man ever. No, However, everyone yeah, else on that team. Tell me one good thing about any of how them. Did I, how did I put it today? This is a, not a nice word, but the no, British don't use say it, it no, a no, lot. No, don't, don't say it. No, don't, I, I veto I use the word the that, that, that Rachel doesn't want me to use. But the British use it often, so you can think you can sort it out you from there. You can deduce what they say. Think it. That you can deduce it. what I said. You can deduce yeah. what I said about them. But I said they're just they're so insufferable. Like insufferable. they're just so unlikable. They're slimy. Like just slimy. That's the best word I can think of to describe Casemiro. He's slimy. Yeah, but we always knew that about him. Like, how did that man never get a red card until like two days ago? I know that he like, hadn't didn't get that straight is... red until relatively recently is truly baffling to me. But nonetheless, actually, while we're on the topic of Casemiro, the other thing that was really grinding my gears about this game, and it grinds my gears every time I I watch a United game, whether it is um, in Premier Champions League, League or or Europa well, League or not Premier Champions League, haha, haha. Whether it's in Europe or you know in the Premier League or whatever. And this is actually, for once, not a dig on Casemiro. I'm actually kind of in defense of Casemiro here. Yeah, this is a compliment um, of him. It it grinds my gears the way that commentaries, like professional commentaries, are acting like Casemiro is brand new. They're yeah. like, oh my god, Casemiro, who was overshadowed, he literally said overshadowed Shadow. Madrid. Yeah, he yeah, said those did. words came out of his mouth. I was like, today. did you not watch and the I was like, game for the past like decade? Like, what are you and doing? I was like, I am genuinely baffled because I think we had a conversation during the World Cup about Messi and sort of how he's been sort of ever present in sort of our lives since we started, yeah, watching yeah. football, yeah, like paying attention, like, yeah, he's been playing, you know since we were old enough to understand what was going on or like yeah. pay attention to care about what was going on yeah yeah i more or less feel the same way about casemiro yeah, like i cannot remember knocking messy down <laughs> yeah like i cannot remember a time where casemiro wasn't considered the best if or one of the best if not the best six in the world yeah like that has been true since I started paying really close attention. And not only is that like true, I don't think he's there anymore because he's old now, but like he has been a mainstay of global football for a really long time. And he has won more Champions League trophies than most players ever will. And not only is he has he won those, he won them like he won them. Like there are several Champions League runs that Madrid went on where they won, where they would not have gotten through to even the final, let alone won the final, if not yeah. for Casemiro. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I despise him. I really, really, really don't like him. But I, and and we we are sort of guilty of this in, in some to some extent in the sense that we definitely I think watch the Premier League more than we watch anything else, and we definitely yeah. tend to talk about it more than anything else. Yes, on this podcast, 
but I think like there's a lot of people professional people in football particularly English people who really act like any league other than the Premier League just doesn't exist and that's what's happening I feel like with Casemiro is that because he never played anywhere because he played in Spain they're acting like they didn't know who he was before or that what he did before didn't matter like when Casemiro in 15 years when somebody goes oh Casemiro the first team that everybody is going to think of him playing for is Real Madrid. Oh, absolutely. It is not going to be Man U. No, absolutely and he can not. Play, it is going to be Real Madrid. Yeah. And he is one of the sort of golden era of Real Madrid players. How many and is one of the Champions Leagues pieces, did he win? Like three, four? Four or five. Five. A, a lot, lot of them. A lot. More than most many. people ever will. Um, point being... I, I think it's not only disrespectful to Casemiro, but I think it's generally disrespectful to every other league ever. Yeah, 100%. Were these pundits and these sort of commentators, and a lot of it is fans as well, to act like they don't, that there aren't players that have had spectacular careers and have actually come to the Premier League in the twilights of their careers. Right, yeah. like Casemiro has come to Man United in the twilight of his career, and is he really playing a big role with United? And is he helping them a lot? Absolutely, but he's still doing that in the twilight. He did not spend he's he's past his prime. He spent his prime in Spain. He spent his prime in Spain, winning more Champions Leagues than United have in a long time. Yeah, I just find it really frustrating that they're acting like he just like popped out of nowhere nowhere. yeah no 100 i agree anyway anyway only nice thing we'll ever say about casemiro but we said it yep um anyway Um, so that I don't know. I didn't watch any of the other Europa League games. Um, I'll pay more attention to it once Arsenal has to play again. So we'll talk. Yeah, but I think I think at the end of the day, um, Real Madrid will probably wish that the result had gone the other way because now that Barca just gets to go focus on the league. So, I mean, they're already like like we said earlier, eight points clear, but. Now that they don't have anything else to worry about, I think I feel pretty good about them. Yeah. Clearing that one out. But, um, you know, still a lot of games to play, so we'll see. But, yeah, yeah I, I think the biggest takeaway from this game was definitely just how important Gabi and Pedri are to Barcelona. Yep, yep. I would agree, 100%. Um, oh, and Rashford, and Rashford didn't score today, so he breaks his yeah. story streak. Woo. Sorry, Marcus. Sorry. We can go again next time. Yeah, it's fine. You anyway, can score against. Anyway, that's um wrapped up. That's ra- us wrapping up on the European like midweek games. We wanted to just note, um, the women had their international break, um, and amongst other, I feel like kind of like not really even continental i don't know there were like three different like cups going on like randomly like england yeah won something, so australia yeah. won something and then the she believes cup um is what the u.s won. so 
the the women's game has this like weird thing they do where a lot of the countries host these like their mini tournaments in the sense that yeah. it's like it's four teams and it's just a round robin it's everybody a round plays robin everybody play everyone it's a, so it's not like a tournament but they have these little cups right in the u.s she believes it's the arnold something yes. classic yeah something i don't know in england um and i believe the french have one too I don't know. There's like anyway. a lot of them. They just get played at times during. Yeah. Like anyway, it just it just is like one of those things that they do every year. It drives up interest generally in the women's game. It allows for opportunities for them to play high level competition, and it just sort of gives opportunities for fans to go see them in a game that they feel like matters. Um, yeah. So. Uh, just to t- start maybe with the England, I only have one real thing I want to say about England, and that is actually um, a name. And that name is Lauren James. Yes. If you yes. do not already know, if you you're a know. Chelsea fan and you like Reese James, you should be paying a lot more attention to his sister. Yes. Lauren James. I would who agree. is a bad, bad, bad bad she is doing mean things on that field oh oh yeah she is a bad girl she is doing mean things she is just ruining people's lives um yeah i'm very i'm happy to see her finally breaking into this england squad yeah, i think she's been, been, been good while, for a while um, yeah but she, she seems she's finally breaking into the England squad I think she could end up being a really really important player I agree um for them this summer at the World Cup um that's really all I have to say I didn't watch any of the England games but I watched some highlights and that's really all I gotta say yeah do you have anything you want to say about England and that I think that um my one point would be I think people are wondering how England's going to be able to fare without Beth Mead, considering yeah, that does um, seem to be the biggest question. Beth for Mead was, you know, so good in their Euros win, um, and has just been so consistent for them. And she will not be back from her ACL, so um, I think that everyone's kind of going to be watching the next, like the England games in the run up to the World Cup, um, with that kind of in mind. That being said, they have plenty of other excellent players. I do not think that, like, no Beth Mead is, like, derailing their hopes for winning the World Cup. I just think that everyone is watching their games with that thought in mind. Um, And I just think that if you do end up watching one of their games, it is something good to think about. Um, But they have plenty of other people involved um, and who are looking exceptionally good. Um, They Mm -hmm. definitely, uh, you know, there's still time before the World Cup, but they look dangerous so i think that they they should be fine um, yeah um all i know about the australian thing is that sam kerr is doing sam kerr things yeah which AKA is what you expect Sprinkles. um and gotta love her for that so nice. that's all i know about that but let's talk she believes cup um yes i only watched one game so whoopsie I like watched bits and pieces here and there of them all. Um, but I think there's a couple takeaways. Um, one, the U S pretty handily won all three of their games. They played yes. um, Canada, Brazil, and Japan. 
I will note that while those all three of those are very good teams, so it's a strong showing from the U.S. for sure. It is worth noting, however, that Canada's performance almost certainly is impacted by everything oh, that was going on with their federation, which we've talked about um, in a previous yeah. um, pod that you can go check out if you're unaware of that. But um, I think it's worth noting, um, you know, the U.S. is still missing a handful of players, which we talked about when we sort of previewed the She Believes Cup. But I think, um, I think there's only there's a lot of positives to take, uh, particularly because Mallory Swanson, formerly I'm really known sorry. as I'm really Mal sorry. Q, um, I can't, I can't, I I can't like her now. I can't. Like I'm all in. She's great, but I just, I just can't. I just, it irks me, and that's all I'm gonna say. And now we can talk about her football playing. What? But I'm so sorry that she changed her name. There's just something about her that irks me. Oh yeah, no, I'm a little side eye at her. For, like like some I of don't her... like her. I I think I again on a, like a personal level. With... Yeah, on like a personal level, like her and her husband, who is professional baseball player Dansby Swanson. Um, side eye. Yes, side exactly. Eye. That's that. That's um, what I mean. She's yeah. playing exceptionally that, well right now. That being that said, aside, she scored an every game she's playing some um, excellent she, football at the moment i'm not she trying is, to say otherwise she is definitely yes. on on quite a bit of fire yes. which um is really beneficial considering um you know there's a lot of firepower with the u.s right now offensively um yeah. she was the the sort of the star of the she believes cup they didn't have sophia smith and obviously katarina katarina macario is still um out with her acl injury but we expect her to be back by the world cup we're yes. be back relatively soon honestly actually yeah um, yeah she shouldn't be too far away no. um, from being back uh she's sort of she's right sort of in the timeline with alexia Pateas, but um they their injuries were really close together um nonetheless <laughs> um our personal feelings about Mallory Swanson aside um she had a really really great tournament she yeah. scored a bunch of goals um, I like what I'm seeing from Trinity Rodman still. Mm-hmm. I think some exciting stuff to come from her. Um, she's yet to sort of really cement herself in a starting role. Um, I don't know that she will in the in the World Cup either, particularly if Sophia Smith continues. If Swanson, Sophia Smith, and uh, Kat Macario sort of either come back or stay in the form that they've been in previously, it's hard to... It's hard to imagine which of those three you bump for Trinity Rodman, but it's also hard to imagine Trinity Rodman not getting significant playing time off the bench, even if she's not starting. Yeah, Um, I agree. So good stuff from her. Um, Yeah. That's kind of the most notable thing. Yeah. Is the... Yeah. Swanson is... Yeah, it'll be... I mean, it'll just be interesting to see. Um, I'm not saying that she won't be able to, but... um like maintaining through the world cup it'll like yeah particularly um, because the nwsl season does start fairly soon-ish um or like will begin before like there will they will have gone on these players will be playing a lot of club games before they break the world cup um so particularly for those of them who are playing in the nwsl which really is everyone except for um macario macario um and um uh Haran. someone else Haran. thank you yes 
or both at Leon. Um, yeah. But aside from them, like everybody else is playing um, in, in the NWSL. So, um, you know, form when you're playing really regularly, that can help form, but you also can ultimately hurt form. Um, and also, you know, there's yeah. always, we hope not, but there's always a possibility for injuries between now and then when they're playing. Yeah regular games so um but it is just sort of I think last year particularly after the England performance at um Euros we were feeling a little nervy about the U.S. women's national team or I was feeling nervy you were feeling not super optimistic um (laughs) just in terms of like recent performances they went on a little bit of a losing streak last year um but I, I think they're they they seem to be finding form again just at the right time. So yeah. I would actually love, 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 love nothing more than to see the matchup of Lauren James v. Crystal Dunn. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um speaking of Crystal Dunn, always gotta shout out her because she is consistently playing so good. Not in her best position. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um God, honestly, God bless Crystal Dunn, because if it were me, she's one of the best players. (laughs) She's so good offensively, and yet she consistently has to play outside back for the U.S. Women's National Team. And she's better than me, because I would be... But because she's so good (laughs) that she can play anywhere on the field, it almost screws her over. Yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. We don't need to get on the Crystal Dunn rant. I love her. She's yes. great. 10 out of 10, my faves. <laughs> um, but yeah, ultimately, I think a lot of positives from the U.S. and um, made me a little bit more excited for the summer that I was already excited about. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. I feel like they're definitely going to be, obviously, with like the Champions League and, um, I mean, we both follow the WSL relatively Um closely so i feel like that all of that will kind of ramp us up too while while you mention it um one quick note about the wsl obviously they didn't play this weekend but before they broke there was a rather interesting thing that happened that more developments happened since then yeah so um it was manchester united played i think it was tottenham right it was tottenham yeah it was tottenham yeah yeah so they played Tottenham, and there was a little bit of altercation between Ella <laughs> Toon, who you may know. This, um, is, this is such an Ella Toon, Ella Toon move, and too. a Tottenham player. Basically, they, they go on a little tussle. They both end up on the ground. Ella Toon sort of sh- pushes her, the, opposed, the Tottenham player, back onto the ground. Um, live time, the Tottenham player grabbed her face and started rolling around like Ella Toon had like, punched her in the face, basically. Yeah. Elatune got red carded and sent off. Man U appealed this, and in rolling back the footage, you can see that Elatune does not hit her face at all. She yeah. pushes her, but she sort of like gives her a little pu- a push in the chest, does not touch her face. So yeah. the in sort of response, Elatune's red card was rescinded. So she is allowed to play in the next game. And not only that, but the Tottenham player got a two-match suspension for, I think they called it like intentional deception or something like that. Yeah. Um, But basically, they they are suspending her 
for purposefully lying to like get Ella Toon sent off. Yeah. Faking it to get Ella Toon sent off. Um, which is just notable because I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen that um, happen either. Not like we've seen, and we've seen a lot of, you know, exaggeration, flopping things. There certainly has been players who try to get other players sent off. Um, most of the time it is exaggeration, not straight up yeah. like not what happened. Like most of the time it's just exaggerating what happened. Right. Or making a bigger deal out of what happened than sort of like saying something happened that didn't happen. Yeah. Um but I mean I've seen guys get whacked in the neck that grab their eye, you know, like <laughs> Yeah. So like It'll be, it's just worth noting because it will be interesting to see if this is something that happens, happens again more often, like yeah. that happens again. Like if this is something that they implement in sort of a wider scale policy, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. I actually think no. it's a pretty good idea. Yeah. I do think we should, we should be giving retroactive bans for players who fake it. Yeah. <laughs> like no, I think, I, yeah. I and I think, problem. I mean, I've I've said for years they've done it more recently than they used to, but I think even more so um, that there should be given more yellow cards for simulation, um, for flopping essentially. And it happens every now and again, but I think you know one of the things that people who don't watch football regularly complain about the most is that they're so oh my god they're so whiny. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they're whiny. Players are whiny because they're faking it, be- or because yeah. they're they're not faking, or they're playing it up for the referee. Yeah. And I think, I think there's two things that need to be done in order to combat this in the sport. Yep. One is things like what we've just what I, the example I just mentioned with Elton and the Tottenham player, mm-hmm. um, retroactive bans for for things that are blatant falsehoods, yellow cards for simulation. I also think. <laughs> referees need to do a better job of calling fouls when players don't go down yeah yeah because in the current state of the game a player can be clearly impeded by a foul they trip up they they're clearly just impeded by the foul happening to them and it doesn't get called if they stay on their feet but if they stay on their feet but they lose the advantage yeah like like why is that not considered a foul still yeah. It's still a foul, right? Yeah. And so what you have what you have happen is as soon as they lose the advantage, they fall over. Whether or not they were gonna fall over or not, when they lose the advantage, they fall over. Mm-hmm. So then you have the this sort of flopping that happens because I've seen and I've seen numerous examples of it over the year when a player doesn't fall over, doesn't flop, but loses the ball because of the foul, or the ball goes out of bounds because of the foul, or the play is lost because of the foul that doesn't get called because the players sit on their feet. So you are essentially, they punish players for, for not flopping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So, so players feel that they have to exaggerate a foul in order to get any sort of call. And this creates two problems. One, they're flopping. It's hard to know when a guy is completely faking it. And when he's been fouled and just making the most of it so the referee notices. Yes. But it also creates a situation where if a guy feels like he's been fouled 
So he goes down because he feels like he's been fouled and the referee doesn't call the foul. Even if he goes down, then he's on the floor for no reason. Yeah. Whereas if, if players w- could felt like they could rely on referees calling fouls, even if they didn't go down, they wouldn't yeah, go they down un- unnecessarily. Yeah. And it would help everybody. <laughs> so ultimately it's a trend I would like to see continue. And I hope they do. Yeah, like it. There are, way, there are ways but... to remedy the the flopping that is the usual in um, football. So hopefully they can figure out the best ways of doing it. Anyway, uh, I thought it was really interesting that she that they not only rescinded Ella's yeah, no, red agree. card, but also also like handed banned. out. Yeah, handed out a ban. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, after that. Um, that was our last thing. Do any any other miscellaneous items we would like to discuss? I don't think so. Okay. Um, well then we will next week might be a little bit less, but also it might not be. But um that being said, we will um be back in a week to talk to you again. Any last words? Nope. All right, bye. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.